Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Party people. Oh, hey, gang. What's going on? Gutting the Sacred Cow here. Kevin Goatee, ready to drop a new episode your way. Pow, boom, zing. This week, Mike Baker is going to join us as he's a former spy for the U.S. government, and he's going to explain why North by Northwest is just nonsense from top to bottom. Getting in the old Gutters co-host chair, Lauren Conlon. You remember her from taking on one of the John Hughes films. And, well, hilarity ensues, trust me. So let's see if Mike Baker can truly waterboard the hell out of North by Northwest. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. There's an important phrase that we use here, and I think it's all time that you learned you learned it. Act as if. You understand what that means? Act as if you are the president of this firm. Act as if you got a nine-inch dong, okay? Act as if. Lauren Conlon, name... Hi. Hi. Name that film. Boiler Room, baby. Yes! <laughs> well yeah. done. I was just talking about that movie today. So Love Boiler I knew Room. It right away. Mm-hmm. Look at you. That Always was... be closing. I know. What yeah. do I get? Do I get a prize? You get a hug and a cocktail mm-hmm. on me next time. Okay, done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, go and see Warren. Always, always be closing was Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It was, but they they, yeah. they mirrored they mirror that whole speech in, yeah. uh, in Boiler yeah. Room. You're right. Mike, that's the voice of Mike Biggie Baker. Cat. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Mike Baker joining us. Mike Baker, a, uh, an, another fan and rap, uh, uh, reoccurring guest on the Bill Schultz Show. That's how we know. Mike, thanks for coming on Gutting the Sacred Cow. How are you tonight, sir? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Thank you very much. Good to be here with you, too. Just remember, kids, Gutting the Sacred Cow is the best movie review, movie debate podcast where we invite guests to pick a film they find overrated or hate and trying to convince us to see their argument. But... 
Here's the twist. The film must meet one of these criteria. Why they beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success because we love giving those with unpopular opinions a platform about our most popular films. Mike has chosen a film that easily hits two, if not three, of those metrics and angered one Mike Price, writer of The Simpsons and frequent guest of this show. That is 1959's North by Northwest, the first Hitchcock film on this podcast. A 1959 film, as I had said, a budget at the time of 4.3 million bucks. A box office gross of 5.8 million. Didn't make that much money after all. But turn that into 2023, 2023 money. $41 million budget, $59.5 million gross. This thing got legs late. Lauren Conlin, are you excited about North by Northwest? I mean, I, I am. I, I told you I haven't seen it for a while, but I liked it when I saw it. So fuck you, Mike. Oh, <laughs> out of the out of the gates. Well, look at that! Right out of the fucking. Sorry, gate. I forgot. Should I not curse? Is that on the uh, that? No, it's it's very it's very par for your course. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I love you. Uh, next, <laughs> let's see, Lauren. I actually go to our guest, Mike. Mike, what yeah. on the old IMDb scale, one through ten, with decimal points? What do you think? North by Northwest has on the old INDB, one through 10 with decimal yeah. points. Yeah, you know what? My, my feeling is it's probably about a 9.5. Look, this Hi. thing it was released. And, and by the way, I'm very uh, honored to have uh, uh, picked the first Hitchcock movie that you've done. Surprising um, enough. Very surprising. I would have thought Psycho would have gotten picked off a while ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or so you, I'm, I'm going to say IMDB probably had it about 9.5. 9.5. Lauren Conlon, how about yourself? What do you think? That sounds right. Um, you know what? I'll just... I'm going to go with an 8... An 8.5. 8.3. You were close. Wow. Eight, Not bad. Sorry, Rock, Mike. No, 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 no. I, I, I would have thought... I mean, I was going with what I thought they would do because they're so far up their own ass, but, you know, I'm, I'm, glad, <laughs> that, I'm glad that it was lower because I, you know, I'm, I'm not... I, I, I'm a fan of the movie, but I'm not a fan of the movie, if that Got makes it. any sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. No, listen. That that's does what, make sense. One of the two, overrated or hate, and this that, this falls on the overrated category from your opinion. I can figure that out already. Now, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes score, Lauren Conlon, 1 through 100. What do you think the critics gave North by Northwest? 93%. Mike Baker, what do you think? Well, based on Lauren's logic, and she <laughs> got the price right the last time, I'm going to say 87%. 97%. Damn it. See? Like that's, you were closer. I, you were closer. Yeah. No, I was closer. No, you I were closer. Okay, sorry. Oh, I said 93. You were sorry, you yeah. lose again. <laughs> it's the critics. It's the critics. They're further up their own ass than IMDb folks. Are. Mike, we, we, come, we come back to you. Mike, what did the audience give this? One through 100. Yeah, I think the audience probably gave it about a 81 Lauren Conlon, can she go for the hat trick? I'm going to go see audience. Mm. Let's do 90 for the audience. 94, Lauren Conlon mm. with the sweep. God, I know. Everyone loves yeah, this movie. Good night, everyone. Drive safely. <laughs> <laughs> or know, not. How does it feel to be a loser, Mike? Oh, wow. Well, I've gotten used to it after all these years. <laughs> oh, I was just kidding. You're not a loser. <laughs> Lauren, he- I, 
I don't want to stop no. talking. Come back at me. Stop hard. You'll, you'll change your mind once you get to know me. Yeah, that's right. Look at his bio. He can make you disappear in three seconds, Lauren. He's in shadow ops, for Christ's sakes. Oh, I, is that true? Yes. <laughs> oh, I really, did, I really didn't know that. I didn't yep. get his bio. I didn't send it. I know. Okay. Well, quotes. <laughs> I wanted to see if you put your foot in your mouth, and you did. Thank you for falling right in my bear trap. Wait, why? I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding. I was like, why? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, working on sarcasm with you, my dear. Quotes. No. I have two ex-wives, a mother, and a bartender who rely on me. I thought that was cheeky. Cary Graham. You know it. Has to be, yeah. yeah. And, of course, Thornhill again. Tell me, why are you so good to me? Eve St. Marie, shall I climb up there and tell you why? That was a good one. That's in the trailer, too. That, this, yeah. this, this film is in no shortage of double entendres and Randy talk. <laughs> How about you, Mike Baker? Any quotes jump out at you from this film? <laughs> no, you took my favorite one about, uh, about uh, you know, including the bartender to rely on me. That's, the, that's possibly the best line out of the whole thing. Otherwise, there's, there's just, you know, page after page of, of cheesy script here. Okay. Lauren, any quotes jump out at you, my dear? I mean, it was literally what you said. I love when she said, why don't you let me climb up there and show you? I was like, ooh. So no need to waste any more time and go right into five fun (laughs) facts. James Stewart had been into four Hitchcock movies at this point, and he wanted North by Northwest to be the fifth. But while Hitchcock loved him, he didn't think he was right for the glibly debonair Roger Thornhill. He wanted Cary Grant for the part, but not wanting to hurt Stewart's feelings, Hitchcock waited until Stewart had committed to another film. Wow, that's so interesting. No, I just fell asleep. Sorry. My head. And, um, oh, she's shifting the bitchiness section to me now, Mike. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. keep going. Keep going. There's Let's do another fact. The bulk of the climactic scene was shot on a very reliable mock-up of Mount Rushmore in L.A., but this proved to be popped proved to be problematic because Hitchcock's team did such a good job that the climax had really been filmed on Mount Rushmore. The misconception, though, that Hitchcock happily encouraged that it was. To counter this, the Interior Department demanded MGM remove the credit at the end of the film, thanking them for their cooperation. In fact, nearly everything Hitchcock had done had been against their wishes. That's interesting. Oh, did it meet your high criteria, Colin? It did. It's very. It's interesting. I'll, I'll do a story on it. It's interesting. <laughs> It'll be a TikTok sensation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Number three, that's because in his addition to his $450,000 salary, which was $3.7 million in 2016 dollars, and a share of the profits, Cary Grant was paid $5,000 and adjusted for inflation $41,000 per day every day. The shoot ran over schedule and it ran way over schedule. Shooting hasn't even, hadn't even begun yet when Cary Grant's seven weeks were up and the daily bonuses started kicking in. So this lasted for seven, 78 days or $390,000 adjusted for inflation, $3.2 million. So all in all, the man wow. made damn near seven million bucks in today's times, almost about, uh, about nine point nine hundred forty thousand dollars because they were just so damn late. What the? Wait. And also you said something about him getting a profit. That doesn't happen now. Actors don't get profit shares off of box office numbers, do they? Or do they? Am I oh, crazy? They absolutely, they absolutely they get points. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. do? 
In oh, fact, yeah. the, the, I think the most famous one is Jack Nicholson saying, I don't want a salary. I'm going to get 7% of the gross for Batman when he was a Joker. I had he, no idea. Oh, he made, and he made because some serious Broadway money. Because Broadway people don't get any of that. That's why I was wondering. They, people in Hamilton came out and said, wait, we don't get that, like a profit share. And like, you guys get all the money. And we're, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, but they get paid in jazz. They get paid in jazz hands. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, wow, that's like a good, that's pretty cool. You do well, the movie the, and you're, yeah. Well, the big stars get it, you know, not, not, you know, not like the extras or, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes, it's part of the contract. I get that. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Roger Thornhill is saved three times on his journey by Eve. He hides in a toilet on the train while she sends the police in one direction. She hides him under a bunk bed in her cabin, and she gives him her shaving kit to disguise his face in the station bathroom. In the Greek mythology, the hero often on a journey is saved three times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very true. That's, that's very true. Now, this one, this one, this one grabbed me. I, 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 I didn't know what to do with that piece of information that you just rolled out. That How about you just assimilate it, Mike Baker, okay. and just uh, say, huh. Yeah, I'll huh. absorb it. <laughs> number, number five, while on location at Mount Rushmore, Eve Marie Saint discovered Cary Grant would charge fans. How much for an autograph? This is 1959. How much do you think he charged fans for an autograph on Ten location? Ten bucks. 10 bucks back in 59. That's costly, but okay. Oh, it is? Oh, right, right. right. I'm going to go with five bucks. 15 cents an autograph in 19, which is a dollar 50 in today's money. Like, why bother at that point? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why bother? Wait, I also read this is a fact you did not put out there that when Cary Grant initially read the script, he thought it was garbage. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll put that on, I'll put that in newsreel. Huh? Whatever. I think it's interesting that he thought it was such a bad script yeah. when everyone else thought yeah, well, it was a hit. A masterpiece. Well, it's um, so it's it's funny. You know, understand. That piece of information kicked the shit out of the bit about the Greek mythology thing. There you go. I'm on Mike's yeah. side now. Oh, I was reaching out to all the literary folk in our audience. Apparently, you guys are in the Berenstein Bears catalog section of books. <laughs> By the I'm way, still in the good night moon section. Okay, I'm not even <laughs> green eggs. Yet, like, green, egg, <laughs> green eggs and ham is oh so three months away for Wait, you. Wait, Kevin, but I actually I don't know my if you have kids, but I refuse to yes. read Doctor Seuss to my kids because the books are too long. I literally am like, who has time to read this 100 page book? Have yeah. you? When's the last time you read one? It's awful. A few weeks no, ago, and no. yes, I have a kid. You know, I have a seven year old. You silly. No, I said Mike. I said oh, I'm Mike. Okay, I have oh. kids. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, I know you know. It's like I never read Doctor yeah. Seuss. It's too long. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's true. I got three boys, and uh, when they were younger, uh, the oldest one's now 15. Uh, he still likes to be read to. But, uh, you know, you'd start with a book like Fox and Socks, and you'd think, well, how long does this possibly take me? And then you're on page 47. Exactly, and exactly. Yeah, these inane rhymes, and the kids asleep, and you think, well, not, I'm invested in the book. I got to keep reading. It sounds like you did this to a few of the prisoners in Guantanamo. True or false? Uh, no, that is true. Oftentimes, <laughs> the, the only way to get them to roll was was to actually, you know, subject them to to Dr. Seuss for a long period of time. So funny. That Water, is so funny. Waterboarding? Nope, that didn't work. <laughs> Vanilla ice? Nope, that didn't yeah. work. Dr. Seuss? Yeah. Oh, that's a it's a Geneva Convention. Yeah, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. No, not again. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you say no, no, not again in Arabic? I'd love to know. <laughs> By the way, can you see Cary Grant with a change belt as people give him 15 cents? Like, here's a quarter and a dime makes it 15. 
that is so dumb. That is yeah. embarrassing. Isn't actually. it? But, That's yeah. sad. Let's seven million bucks and yeah. Let's go to the fans here and ask a gutter. Uh, Mall of America, M-A-U-L, wants to know, is he disparaging North by Northwest because it reveals actual sources and methods? Well, yeah, you got me there, Mall. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know how many times uh, when we were out and we were trying to figure out how do you, how are we going to whack this high-value target, we said to ourselves, you know, let's get a fucking crop duster and <laughs> we'll lure him out to the middle of a field and – then we'll take repeated passes and try and try to machine gun his ass. Uh, yeah, yes. So, yeah, that's that's basically you got me. I, I got no other answer. It, it's it's too close to the bone. Never had someone something the first ask a gutter. Ha ha. Next one. <laughs> Next one. Uh, at Brandon Oglesby, Newark Knights. Is the chase scene with the plane the most nonsensical thing in this film and why? Or is there another one? which I'm sure you'll probably get in your notes, but is this the most yeah. nonsensical? Yes or no? Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of tied with some of the others, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to say because it is a crop duster and you hardly <laughs> ever have that uh, on your list of, of ways to remove a target that it is number one. Yeah. Well, you should see me when I'm in the first row of coach and have to go back to the bathrooms. They call me the crop duster. Ew. Just kidding. Just kidding. I, I stay in first class because I have standards. So. Mm. <laughs> kidding. Oh, and at Nemirovsky for Mike, what is your favorite Hitchcock film? Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to say Rear Window. I know it sounds one. absurd, but it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's still cheesy and it's still got all sorts of problems with it. But yeah, Rear Window. Good choice. Yeah. At Dave Quist from the Blockbuster Mentality. Love those guys. He has a two-parter. Favorite Cary Grant role? And he asks, do you prefer Eve Marie Saint or Grace Kelly? So favorite Cary Grant role first. Um, you know what? This, and this is going to sound really odd, but it's going to show you why I'm conflicted with this choice that I made for your show. Uh, is My favorite Cary Grant role is North by Northwest. Right. And – I'm a real Cary Grant fan, but so this is actually uh, it, it's it's an odd choice on my part, um, but it's more about the plot line than than anything else. And uh, you got to go Grace Kelly, without a I, question. I, yeah, I don't see how you, you you do anything other than Grace Kelly. Lauren, how about you? What's your favorite Hitchcock film? Psycho. <laughs> Sounds like someone's cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll find you. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> Weird window's good too. I like that. Uh, Vertigo, pretty good too. That's why I I I've never seen that. Yeah, thirty-nine steps. There's a ton of them, right? There's a bunch of them, but yeah. I think that's gonna. That was a very light ask a gutter, but you know what? What the hell is? Let me just double checked oh here we go would hitchcock be considered a great director in the modern era that's a really good question i'm gonna go with no Why? Uh, because I think, it's, I think it's too formulaic and um i don't think that would play well today excellent observation mm-hmm. all right and because no one listens to podcasts to the end, we do plugs at the beginning. Mike Baker, <laughs> tell everybody, tell everybody you like yeah. that one. Thank you, Mike. Tell everybody what you're up to first. Share the share the good word. 
Uh, well, you know what? I mean, aside from the day job of running the, uh, the company, Portman Square Group, uh, the world's leading global intelligence and security firm, um, we are uh, mapping out the third season for uh, the Discovery show, Black Files Declassified. Um, and uh, so stay tuned. That'll be showing up on a Sylvania or Philco of your choice. Um, and uh, just released a book on script, an audio book called Company Rules. Um, it's an easy listen because I narrate it and it's very soothing. Uh, oh. and, uh, that's on Scribd, the Netflix of books. So, uh, yeah, everybody can clamor over there and grab it. Uh, and then I think that's, uh, that's about it. We're getting ready to shoot a film, uh, based on a story I wrote and that'll be in summertime. We're going to shoot that overseas in Europe. Uh, so that's exciting, but more details on that later on. And that's all we have time for tonight. So. <laughs> the sweet, sweet dulcetones of Mike Baker. Wow, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. Wow. I, I can only imagine how how lovely and soothing your voice is as you read "Hop and Pop" to all of the Taliban prisoners. Green eggs. I love that. Como se dice, donde está El Zakari? Okay, <laughs> Lauren Conlin, my buddy. Talk to me. What's new with you? What are you up to? Where can we find you? You know, you can, you know where to find me, Kevin. Um, Of course I I do. I release uh, a podcast every week for an interview. So I have Joshua Molina on uh, this Friday from, he's best known for West Wing Scandal. He's a great guy. He's joining a a Broadway production in March. So he wanted to plug that. And then I have Romney Malco, the actor who is on A Million Little Things. And he's known for, you know, 40-year-old virgin and whatnot. Um, I also am a gossip columnist and I write features for Nikki Swift, so you can check out all my work there. I did a big feature on um, Teen Mom Scandals, which I feel really good about myself after writing that. These Teen Moms <laughs> are wackadoos. I literally was like, wow, this is awesome. I'm like, I'm not as messed up as I think I am. Um, and then I do um, celebrity interviews for Pop Style TV. And you can find me everywhere. Like, generally, I would say I'm on Fox, like, once or twice a month um, on Saturday nights. So if you're bored, you can, you know... Flip through the channels and see if you find me. I guess I'll stop talking. Oh, and you need to go to my TikTok, Lauren Conlon 4, because I'm investigating um, Jeffrey Epstein right now and his townhouse and the unsealed documents or the sealed documents that are going to be unsealed any minute now. There's supposed to be one, at least one name. People are have it all twisted. They keep saying, oh, there's going to be a huge name, huge list. There's going to be one name of a big public figure. Mark my words when this list gets released. So, Mike Baker, do you have a clue who this is? If anyone yeah. would know, I would assume you, you would. I, I do, but I, I'm not, uh, I, I, for legal reasons, I can't release it just yet. But, but, you, but do you know who it is? You literally uh, no, know? I don't, no, I don't know. Oh, I was like, are you serious? I was like, what? I mean, no. well, you all this security info that I'm like, dude, I don't know. I mean. Well, you can find guttingthesacredcow.com and get yourself a sweet ass shirt, hat, mag, mag mug, bag, <laughs> all that stuff without any kind of Jeffrey Epstein paraphernalia in it yet. But you could carry your Mike Baker book when that comes out in that bag. You can also do me a solid and write a two or three sentence review. I'm talking to you, Lauren Conlon. We're friends for Christ's sakes. Write a two or three sentence review on your podcast platform of choice and give us a five star review because that really helps. Gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to say hi as well as say hello or advertise with us. And now, Lauren, let's have Mike come out of here, jump out of Abraham Lincoln's nose in Mount Rushmore to gut the sacred cow. <laughs> <laughs> 
She jumps in late. At the end. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead, Mike. Fire away, sir. All right. Well, let's 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 take a trip back in time, shall we? The film was released in 1959. It was set in 1958. So it's the Cold War. Now we're all scared to death of the Soviet Union, right? So so the setting makes sense, right? And when the movie was released, uh, the New Yorker and the New York Times immediately declared it to be a masterpiece, a cinematic masterpiece. And part of the reason that they they did that was because of Cary Grant's sort of self-parody, right? It was was a little unusual for a spy film. Uh, And so that's the reason why I, you know, I, I separate out the fact that Cary Grant is terrific in it. And and I think probably his best role. But the movie itself uh, is completely nonsensical. So here is Carrie playing the role of, uh, you know, very dapper and and, uh, pithy uh, advertising exec, Roger Thornhill, who just happens to get caught up in, in an international spy thriller. He's mistaken in a hotel bar at the outset of the film um, by uh, some uh, un identified thugs who have asked the hotel to page uh, a fellow named uh, George Kaplan. And mm-hmm. that's an important name to remember. But as it turns out, there is no George Kaplan. Right. So we're, we're starting to fall down a rabbit hole here already. Uh, they immediately abduct uh, Cary Grant off the streets of New York, literally hustling him out of the hotel um, and into a car outside of the hotel and away to a, a, a mansion. Uh, in the countryside, owned by a fellow named Lester Townsend. This is very important because Lester Townsend also is not uh, who he says he is. He, in fact, is James Mason, Philip uh, Van Damme, which is probably a classic uh, spy name. Uh, But he's a Cold War uh, identity, not clear, but it's obviously a Soviet, uh, you know, spy. James Mason is, is masquerading as Lester Townsend, the owner of the mansion. They think that he's George Kaplan. They think that he's uh, a, uh, a a government spy working to stop Van Damme's evil plan to smuggle microfilm. Are you still with me? Microfilm yep. out of the country. Now, what they decide at the outset to do is they're going to force alcohol down uh, George Kaplan's, Cary Grant's throat, um, put him in a car and have him drive himself over a cliff to die, right? Because that's what you always do. Rather, they're standing there in the room with... George Kaplan, the dangerous spy they believe him to be. And their thought is, uh, let's get him drunk. And then once he's really hammered, we'll put him in a car and let him drive. uh, And then he'll go over a cliff and Bob's your uncle. So that doesn't work out. Right. When he returns to the house the next day with his mother, don't even ask me about that whole situation. He finds out that Lester Townsend is not the same guy. He turns out to be a U.N. diplomat. He goes to see the U.N. diplomat. One of the thugs throws a knife at him during a reception and kills the U.N. diplomat, which then implicates our man, Cary Grant, who bends down to check on him, puts his hand on the knife, gets his picture taken. And now we're off and running. He goes on a train. He meets Eva Marie Saint. Uh, She turns out to be actually the U.S. government spy. I guess my point in all of this, and I haven't even mentioned the crop duster scene yet. Nor have I mentioned the cliffhanger or the thugs who run a house near Mount Rushmore is that if you take it all as a as a plot line, it's ridiculous. But the movie (laughs) itself 
is saved by the weight of Alfred Hitchcock producing and directing it, right, who at the time was untouchable, and the fact that Cary Grant is just so fucking charming, right? Mm-hmm. And even Marie Saint is just oozing sex, right? It's, now, it's 1959, so you couldn't use that much sex on the screen, but she was doing her best. And Especially so, with that pointy bra of hers, that Madonna Coney oh pointy bra. God, it looked like a couple of Exocet missiles, you know, and <laughs> shot her in the back. And so she, there she is, and there he is. And I, I've kind of skipped over some of the other parts here, but you get to the end. Um, I failed to mention the professor who is, uh, you know, the, one of the good guys uh, of the U.S. government spy agency who's uh, implicated – now uh roger thornhill into playing his role it's a complicated nonsensical plot but again at that time in that 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 period of time in the late 50s if you had cary grant and you had alfred hitchcock attached to it you could write any old piece of shit and get it produced and pushed out the door right now that's pretty much all i got to say about that Give me uh, so so. What is it? So now, being in your industry, what did you find that was horseshit about this film that made you just? Which is a big topic on, on this podcast where where I watch stuff and I hate when they try and screenwriters try and pass these these weird contrivances as regular occurrences. And I'm I'm not talking like the Matrix dodging bullets because that's the world that it constructs and that's fine. Uh, or, or Star Wars lightsabers. That's that's different. I'm talking about things like. You get in a car, like a random car, you drop the sun visor and keys fall out. Like that doesn't happen in real life. Like <laughs> that's what we do all the time. This podcast is that yeah, I have that doesn't happen. Mike, mm-hmm. in the spy world, what about what happened in this film as a guy that has done this for years? We are like, that's bullshit. That doesn't happen. Get the fuck out of here. Enough of this nonsense. If you have a few examples well, for me. The whole the, the movie was was sold based on the idea of mistaken identity, right? So that's the, the, the hook that they used to then produce this uh, film, right? It was, it, it was kind of the basis of the script idea anyway, was, you know, this guy's mistaken for a spy. And then he's off and running on this big chase. But uh, there are so many things in this thing that, that don't actually happen, right? It, it, right? And during the Cold if you just look at the Cold War and say, okay, very rarely would the Soviets have decided to um, send a couple of their, their guerrillas to a U.N. reception where their preferred method of killing uh, a U.N. diplomat was to throw a knife at him in close range in the middle of a party. It's a party, mm-hmm. and this guy takes a knife out and throws it, uh, no, it was a hell of a toss, uh, into <laughs> uh, the, the chest of, the, uh, of Lester Townsend, poor Lester Townsend, U.N. diplomat, didn't see it coming. So – Every time there's an effort to take out someone, and usually the person is Roger Thornhill. Um, and look, they, so I would equate the, the scenes uh, like that with um, Austin Powers. Right? <laughs> um, it's always like that. Wait a minute. So you're going to leave him there, and, and you, why don't you just shoot him, right, is, is, is always sort of the response of, uh, of, Austin, of, of uh, Dr. Evil's kid. And, right. and it's true. So you have scene after scene where they could have killed him at any moment in a much more realistic fashion. But obviously, it's a movie and it is a bit of a parody. I get that. Um, And again, don't get me wrong. Cary Grant's great in it. Uh, But uh, yeah, so it's it's if you if you spend any time in the business that I was in, 
Um, and look, I'm old enough to have gotten in. And when I first got in, the Soviet Union still existed, right? That shows you how fucking old I am. And they were still an existential threat. And none of that shit happened. Right. <laughs> it was, we never, never, never once, uh, you know, uh, decided we were going to do somebody in, uh, in any of the means that are included in this movie. It just wouldn't happen. But that's entertaining. It did. Now, if you re- grab the wrong guy, how fast are you getting rid of him, as in getting rid of him, or get letting him go? Yeah, it depends on the situation, right? Horses for courses. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you, you, it, you can't, you, there's no one standard line. It's like, how long is a piece of string? You know, everything, it's, it's, it's always different. Uh, and, and I, you know, uh, yeah, that's... That's all I got to say about that before I get oh. in like Lauren territory where I get banned. <laughs> Shadow bands. Yeah. <laughs> any other any other things that happened in this film where you're like, yeah, that's completely conceivable in my past life or current life? Well, I found the uh I found the the, the train scene. You know, I think uh when they got on in uh on the uh what was it, the the twentieth century limited uh, was the name of the train. Where that, and that's where Cary Grant first met uh, Eve Marie Saint. Right. Uh, magical moment. Uh, I don't know how many times that that happened. And that, that actually did ring true uh, because back in the old days when we were, you know, engaged in operations and traveling the world, oftentimes we would find ourselves in these, you know, wacky, mysterious hookups with incredibly uh, gorgeous women uh, on public transportation. Whether Are you being facetious or a, a right now? Or, or a train, is, you know. The Are you being train. sarcastic? I'm, I'm asking. You're being sarcastic. Oh, yeah, yes, I am. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah, I was like, sorry, what? Oh, no, see, see, but <laughs> years are changing, and I can say that, and, and it sounds perfectly believable. No, I'm just bad at sarcasm. You can ask Kevin. <laughs> I'm really bad. It's just bad. It's I was going to say, does, does it say in your business card, Mike Baker, honey pot recruiter? Oh, yeah. No, I was the bait. Um, You're the bait? <laughs> it's called a honey ago. trap. It's a honey yeah. trap. Honey yeah. trap or honey pot, whatever. No, See? it's honey trap. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Honey, uh, my, sorry, they're yeah. uh, 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 no, honey pot, Jason Bourne. Like, honey pot sounds. No, like a, they do oh, honey. They do honey traps for celebrities when they try to get them to cheat so they can put it in the magazine. Like that's oh, the thing. Yeah. The thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is this I'm your, a honey chopper. I am putting. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but a honey pot is different. That's like a rusty trombone or like. You know, <laughs> Hey, if you have not if you haven't tried the Abraham Lincoln yet, then you two are not living life to the fullest. That's what I have to say. Go, Google that, go, Google Google that, and then write text okay. me later on, Lauren. It's, a, it's okay. A, will do. I'm scared. Mike, give me a number. Actually, any other notes you have about the movie, Mike? No, no, I don't. Want, I don't want to bore your your viewers. Uh, you know, with with, with uh, my uh, terrible opinions on on movies, but I think. Uh, I think I've said all I could really say about it. People have to watch the movie. I don't want to discourage. Again, I don't want to discourage. But look, every time it's on, I watch it. I think I mentioned this to you before. You every time this movie comes on, no matter where in the world I am, whether it's on an airplane, whether it's in a hotel room, wherever, I got to watch it for some reason. And You're doing a bad job, though, of selling yeah. your – like, I don't – this is not yeah, – like, you know the concept of this podcast? Look, I'm very conflicted on this choice because every time I finish okay. watching it, I think, look, I just wasted – another hour and three quarters of my time because I just watched this fucker again, but I can't help myself. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Actually, I have another question for you, Mike. Now, what Hollywood movie or movies would you say are the best at really encapsulating the spy uh, or intelligence community? Which ones are the absolute goddamn worst abominations you've ever seen? Probably the best are the Austin Powers movies. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's as close to the truth as you can get. Uh, I would say, look, there's, there's been a handful. There's not been a series like, like the, the, the Bourne movies, right? I, I really enjoy the Bourne movies. I know some of the folks that were involved in making those, and, and so maybe I'm, I'm subjective. But, um, but they're not really, you know, realistic. I mean, it's great action, right? But it's not really realistic. But there have been some movies on occasion. The Good Shepherd uh, mm-hmm. was a, a really good yeah. depiction of that period of time, right? It was uh, it was completely unbelievable that Matt Damon would be interested in leaving uh, Angelina Jolie at home, you know, very often. But it was a good movie of of that time and of how espionage at that time worked. Um, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, uh, Smiley's People. There are there are some movies out there that really dive into the trade craft of, of of spying, and I find those to be you know more interesting than just sort of the straight up you know, action movies where every fucking five minutes you've got an explosion in the car chase, right? If you've got things blowing up constantly, you're doing it wrong, right? right. And it's, it's like with uh, 24, right? Jack Bauer was a bullet magnet. You know, that's not a guy you want in the outfit, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, unless you just stand next to him because he's going to take the heat. So so you're saying Mission Impossible, my one of my favorite franchises of all time, is a complete load of manatee abortions. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the new one this summer. God, Tom Cruise knows how to entertain. Stand by. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, All right, Mike, give give me a number one to ten of what your thoughts on this film are. 
Well, you know what? Uh, if I could, if I could do it, I would give the plot line a one, and I would give, <laughs> and I would give the entertainment value of Cary Grant, and to be fair, James Mason, who plays. I mean, look, James Mason was a, he was a, he was a, a parody of a spy in the Cold War in this movie, right? But right. super entertaining to watch. Um, I would give them all a nine plus, right? But if you have to, if I have to give the movie just. Right, Overall, I, I, right down the line, I'd give it a five. Five. Okay, fair enough. Lauren Conlin, your thoughts? Okay, so my thoughts, short and sweet. Look, it technically was, I feel like it sort of paved the way for James Bond um, because this was like a James Bond movie before there were James Bond movies and it was fun. And like you said, it's a parody. It's not supposed to make sense. It's not supposed to be serious. So like, why do you have to watch it and judge it so hard? Just enjoy it. Um, that's my, that's my take on it. I don't think, um, I mean, I don't think it was, you know, Hitchcock's best movie. Clearly I like psycho, but it didn't win a shit ton of awards. And I, if I had more time, I was going to go back and look because sometimes it depends on what comes out that year, right? There could have been nothing that came out that year, whatever, 59, I think it was. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Yep, it is. Uh, but like, yeah, so I think I think a lot of people, it might have been the only choice for them. It might have been the only choice of what to watch. So anyway, I enjoyed it. I, Cary Grant also, let me just be perfectly clear. He can do no wrong in my eyes, like ever, like literally um. ever. I, I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to go straight sitting on his lap. I'm like oh it's up um yeah and then we're gonna go in the back room but um we're gonna go and actually we're gonna go in god's room himself he's gonna he's gonna share his his, uh his his kingdom with us and yeah carrie grant and i are gonna have a moment but yeah are you gonna drop an ovary as as you ride in reverse cowgirl and theodore roosevelt's head and mount rushmore Uh, absolutely (laughs) i had to turn it back to the film Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So no, really. That's. I mean, it's like I said. It's it's a good movie. I don't know why we're looking so like hard into it. You know what? That's a podcast, you goof. Well, I mean, I know, but it's also like what you know. I don't know. Just. Uh, but I mean, I think what 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 Lauren is saying. Oh, and by the way, when she says uh, if she had had more time, she would have gone back and done the research. What she meant was if she was more interested, she would have gone back and done the research. But yeah. uh, I think. What we're what we're she her comment about you know why are we being so hard on this movie I think I get this all the time right particularly from my my wife the greatest person I'll ever know she says I'm impossible to watch these sort of movies or even TV shows with like the Americans or anything like that. she says I'm absolutely impossible to sit and watch any of these things with because I can't help myself right and so on the one hand I can enjoy the entertainment I guess and on the other hand I'm just constantly staring going what the fuck are they doing. And right. I but just you said it. Mo- it's mo- entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. Yeah. There are some I movies that, that Kevin's talked about or had us talk about on here that are so freaking bad that I'm like, these are these are unwatchable to me. And they're like, this is so watchable. It's so watchable. Well, like, it's, 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 to harken back to you, I think it was your episode where you did Breakfast Club where Emilio Estevez smokes pot. And no, no, the, I did. I did 16 Candles. 16 Candles. That's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eckhart, Eckhart did uh, uh, Breakfast yeah, Club. Yeah, she did Bre- Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. Emilio Estevez smokes pot and then starts running around like he's all PCP'd out and puts <laughs> his hand through a glass plate, glass plate window. Go, yeah, you smoke pot. That doesn't happen. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and that's like, and that's me with sports movies. You can tell when someone who's never thrown a ball writes a sports movie. Go, no one is gonna run a running a, a, a toss right play on fourth and twenty on their own forty with two seconds yeah. left in the game. 
Right. Thank you. Right. See, so we've all got, we've all got our hangups about it. It's sure like, do. You know, yeah, absolutely. Now, now let's see what I think in notes. <laughs> Every time I watch an old film, I forgot the credits are the first two to four minutes of the film. Thank mm-hmm. God they're at the end now. Unless, unlike now, though, when you go to the movies and see a, a film, you get saddled with 20 minutes of previews and commercials. I, like I don't know that. which one I'd go with from now on, but... Gone are the days of having a secretary following you around and jotting down your every word because, hey, that's what Facebook is for now. Okay. Mike, this is for you. You'd think someone would make a bigger stink while getting kidnapped in public as opposed to just mildly raising your voice and a little shoving. How does he not kneeing someone in the balls and yelling stranger danger like I, uh, and also saying he touched me in a naughty place, which is exactly what I taught my seven year old to do if a, if a, someone tries to take her. Mm. Yeah, no, but it is, it's a good point. He, he, he literally is hustled out of the hotel, you know, one of the leading hotels in New York City at the time and makes almost no, what, 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 what are you doing? What I, what, where am I going? What are we, what are you doing? I said, like scrub him into this car and drive him away. Uh, okay. I mean, his voice is barely a, is almost to the level of where a librarian would tell you to please be quiet. It's it's yeah. it's almost hushed tones. Mike, what's the best? Oh, actually, I have one more point. Uh, besides, if you do make a whole to do in public, what are the chances you get shot in public anyway? Unless your name is JFK or Lee Harvey Oswald. No. <laughs> what's the best way to get avoid getting kidnapped in public, Mike? Since you're the resident expert. Yeah, you know what? The best way to avoid any trouble in public is to be aware of your operating environment, right? Take the uh, take the headphones off, the earbuds out of your ears, and uh, quit looking at your phone as you're walking down the street. Uh, don't be a moron. Be aware of what's happening around you. Look like you're aware. Look like you're a, a difficult target, and people will always look for the softer target. That's just what criminals or people with bad intent, you know, do. Unless you're specifically the target. If you're the if you're the target because they believe you to be an international spy and you know they're going to carry you away so you don't screw up their plot to smuggle microfilm out of the country, then you're screwed. But otherwise, if you're whether you're in New York City or whether you're traveling overseas, just be aware, pay attention and look like you're paying attention. Right. And that goes especially for you New York tourists who have your head on your phone while walking up the subway stairs and not moving fast enough. Get the fuck out of the way. Mm. Thank yeah. you. Or isn't that the truth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This feel, this I, I thought this is very cute and folksy when they would say in the films back in the day, what the devil, instead of just saying, what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit, a young Martin Landau who looks like someone who maintains eye contact contact way too long in a public bathroom. I don't remember that. Am I crazy? He's he's, he's a a henchman. He's a a great uh, second, right? Martin Mm. Landau plays a great thug in this this film. Again, look at me. I'm conflicted. I I raised this as a piece of shit movie, and now I'm praising it. So... God, that's what happens when you yeah, get it yeah. together. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, the medications—they're not hot mess out. express over here. Someone fired a Viagra before coming on this podcast. Right. That's what's up. <laughs> I mean, me. Uh, what year? What year did Hollywood make driving a car look real? 
because they sure as hell had the fake green screen for this movie as well as Dr. No. I mean, they're driving with the top down and nary a hair is moving one bit. It always irked me. And they do the back and forth like this is her yeah. driving go. If you did that, you'd be getting in an accident every 2.7 seconds or you're intoxicated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike is either Mike's either driving or jerking off two guys. I don't know which one it is. Which I guess is also a way of saying jerking off two guys. So. I, as Bill would say, Bill Schultz would say in the gay community, skiing. Okay. The gay community. <laughs> Does going to the theater with your mother send the same alarms as celebrities who take their mothers to the Oscar instead of taking an extra who has yet to contract herpes in L.A.? Like the whole taking your mother to the theater, go, uh-oh, that train's never late. And then an hour and a half later, oh, I've got two ex-wives. What? what? <laughs> That's a hell of a reveal. How does one force you to drink a whole bottle like they did with Cary Grant? I'd rather get shot in the face and have to chug a whole bottle of bourbon because I am deathly afraid of turning into Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas and then peeing in my pants. <laughs> By the way, they gave DWIs back in the 50s. I always thought cops would give you a ride home and tell you to sleep it off. Uh, normally, they just wave you on. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. Be safe. Come on. Make sure your seatbelt's on. Last time I checked, which was never, by the way, the police don't allow suspects and their mothers to tag along on investigations. Hey, it was the 50s, Okay. I mean, they're just smoking in the crime scene left and right, too. I mean, my God, they should have just done Whose a lot of... Whose side are you on, Kevin? Whose side are you on? You'll find out in two minutes. Uh, oh, All right. That's a tease. <laughs> if you watch this and you're not from New York or the surrounding area, you're going to think that people steal cabs from each other all the time based on the films in New York. Also, if you're not from New York and you watch this movie and see all the extras on the streets of Manhattan... You'll assume that there are no black people in Manhattan. And of course, I assure you, there are plenty of black people in Manhattan. No one, Mikey beat me to this. No one in the middle of a busy UN reception hall saw a guy throw a knife into a guy's back. No one, no one. That doesn't happen. People see when people like flick a booger at Greta Thunberg as she gives a speech at the UN. <laughs> Alfred, here we go again. Alfred Hitchcock notoriously preferred blondes, but you know what he didn't prefer? Black people in his films until the first, first 45 minutes until you see him as waiters on a train. Wow. That was pretty blatant, I thought. <laughs> you, can always, you, you can always count on them being in, in a porter role. Right? Yep, exactly. James Bond did that. Dr. No, we just did that not too long ago in this podcast. Like, all right. Yeah. Hmm. Eve St. Marie looks like Kate Blanchett with a Fisher-Price toy haircut. If you had those as a kid in the 80s like we did. All right. That, so, not, all them, not all of them hit Lauren Conlon. Thank you. No, I don't. <laughs> this is painfully obvious that the woman is an agent because no woman is this forward unless she's a three-time star of the TV show Love After Lockup. She is throwing that pussy at him with oh, reckless abandon. Uh, Sure. Women I'm, have needs too, okay? I like, oh, I know. Oh, I know. It happens. But it, it is over the top blatant. I mean, she must have a case of herpes. She's, I don't give a shit. I got to get laid and I don't care. That's a, that's a hot take. 
Ha-ha, uh, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm totally going to listen to a woman I've had a one-night stand with and then say, the plan is you're going to get on a bus and then get out of the middle of diarrhea, Indiana on a deserted road. That's what you're going to do tomorrow. The fuck I am. <laughs> diarrhea, Indiana. Yeah. I bet she also told him, you don't have to a rubber. It's okay. I can't get pregnant. Mm. The crop duster scene is completely iconic, but I wasn't buying how the pilot had to kamikaze himself right into the side of an oil truck after all that open cornfield. He had to dis- he had to veer off a few degrees just not to be a martyr or a kamikaze pilot. Are we really buying that? No. I like, though, how Cary Grant Jedi mind-tricked the desk clerk into giving him Kaplan's room number in two seconds. I've had a lot, much harder time going to the front desk after losing my hotel key for replacement. It took me five to ten minutes to convince the front desk who I am. But it's like, uh-huh. Kaplan? Oh, it's no big deal. He's room 207 or whatever. <laughs> the 50s. Oh, blissfully ignorant. Yeah. I laughed my ass off at the newspaper's headline, quote, Driver escapes Holocaust. Really? Pretty liberal use of the word Holocaust <laughs> in that for just a single car crash. Okay. Yeah. Mike, and, how and imagine, imagine it was 13 years after the Holocaust. Yeah, a little, oh, little, yeah, little fresh. Soon. Yeah, a little yeah, fresh for some people. Yeah. Hey, Mike, how yeah. often do spies use the pencil tracing on a pad of paper trick to find an address or a phone number? You'd be surprised. Happens all the time, right? I, in fact, I did it not too long ago uh, to uh, get a uh, number uh, off of a, a pad of paper that uh, <laughs> one of my boys had written down, right? And uh, and so then he had lost the paper. And so then I showed him the little trick. And sure enough, there it Wait, was. I don't get it. What's the trick? Sorry. Well, when you write something down, particularly with a pencil, but when you write something down, you kind of press hard and it leaves an yeah. indentation of what you're writing on the paper underneath oh, it. So like you, pad, you just have pads of paper at your yeah, house? Yeah, and, and then, of course, I have pads of paper. Right? You Who know. the hell has pads of paper, like legal, like yellow paper? Hey, this is America. You, you know pads what? of paper? I want Sorry, pads of paper, what? Like, like, pads of paper. Yeah, that's, don't, that's, don't, I just write notes in my phone like a, a normal person in 2023. Like I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get like the cripple, the the oh god, which when your hand gnarls up, tunnel that's or it. Like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> iPhone hand. <laughs> that's a medical designation. Yeah, yeah I write on I, Mike. I'm with you. I write on yellow legal pad because I don't want to have my phone and have my neck crick down the entire time like I'm a hunchback. Thank you. Whatever. Hey, this must be the whitest thing ever to get arrested for disrupting an art auction. <laughs> oh i didn't even yeah that's a, i'm glad you raised it i didn't even Thank raise you. how absurd that was yeah so hey to avoid being killed is it better to turn yourself into the police where they could be in on it or taking your chances and going on the run by yourself mike what's the better way to do that yeah typically i would i would argue that most people uh should should take a chance on themselves right rather than yelling out in the middle of the art auction that you're wanted for murder uh, and getting yourself turned over to the police. And that usually, you know, I, I suspect doesn't end well. But, I mean, you know, for Roger, it worked out. But he get three squares, a hot and a cot, uh, three hots and a cot there that way if he does turn himself. Look at you. Look at you with your 50s lingo. <laughs> what? I don't know what the 50s lingo was for anal raping in jail, though. That's the, that's the, that's the, oh, it happens. Lauren, do a newsreel on it. Oh, God. Guys, I was watching this. 
Well, I, just fun fact, they give out 15 condoms a day to um, at Rikers. So How much, Mike, how much does a CIA have wow, to pay sorry. off a <laughs> Wow. That's, that, yeah. Oh, ew, ew. Oh, they voluntarily give them out. Fun fact. Take it home and write it down. I am home and I'll write up my yellow legal pad as well, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> How much, Mike, does the CIA have to pay off a civilian to keep going through these charades in the name of national security if, in fact, they are a wrongly identified person? Uh, the last time this happened, we just appealed to their patriotism and they did it for free. I would um, never do that. Not yeah. me. <laughs> Sorry. Because I don't want any part of pretending to be someone and getting shot at without a hell of a paycheck waiting for me. Uh, well, that's the government. Yeah. It's not going to be a big paycheck anyway. You uh, say patriot. I'm a capitalist. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it cute that everyone is wearing suits in every single scene? This has to be cumbersome after a while. No one ever wanted to kick it in shorts and flip-flops back in the 50s? When it was that hot? Okay. It was easier to hide your, your concealed weapon that way, though. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Funny. The shots of climbing down Mount Rushmore are cool. Hey, but did they model Lincoln's nose after Jennifer Gray's nose? We just did uh, Red Dawn, and that I was fresh in my mind. This, this wow. must have wowed people back in the day, but the last third of this movie has really been a slog. Mike, you used the word right, formulaic. This film is very formulaic without any twist. I understand this is the blueprint for spy thrillers, but it does not hold up. This was like VHS, but I can think of plenty of other spy thrillers that are out now that are more 4K streaming. Like, Born Ultimatum, I love. You have the poster behind you, I see. Mission Impossible, Fallout, I'm sure it's complete horseshit uh, in your eyes. <laughs> Atomic Blonde, The Kingsman, Skyfall, Enemy of State. Uh, those films, I. but again, this, this uh, again, th there was Betamax first, but now we've graduated to digital. I get it, but there you go. Eve St. Marie sliding down Mount Rushmore isn't even remarkably realistic looking. My God, at least the Rushmore models uh, were pretty good, but that was terribly shot, the way she was sliding down. She would go ass over T-Kel at about 550 foot feet down, yeah. nary a scream. I like when Cary Grant was struggling with Van Damme, who's about to plunge a knife into his chest, when suddenly he shrugs him off like a four-year-old having a play fight. What? <laughs> and the subtlety at the end of the train entering the tunnel. Oh, Alfred Hitchcock, you pervert. Yes. I mean, it's, it's okay. So, Lauren, they're insinuating that they're having sex on the train. No, I know. I know. Really? That, that I got that wasn't that, that wasn't Whoa. total sarcasm. That was like uh, obvious. Yeah. All right. I saw this in film class in college 20 years ago, and I remember liking it. 20 years, 20 some years later, I'm not wowed by it. Again, I understand this is iconic as all hell, but it's been better as the years have went on. It started off with promise. But the last 15 minutes could have been lopped off. The ending could have been great. Fighting on Mount Rushmore, that is a hell of a unique idea. But so anticlimactic when the bad guys are just finally off. There's no... Eh, there's nothing. The score. The score is jarring and repetitive. I hated that music. It got <laughs> louded in a lot of the reviews. I did not like it. It was very... It was cacophonous, I thought. This film doesn't suck, but it really is showing its age. This is the yellowing of the newspaper, as I say. I don't think it holds up. I really don't. I don't think I'm going to watch this ever again. It does not pass the remote test for me. Of course, the remote test, as you, as you know, Lauren, but Mike, at any point you stumble upon it on cable, 
you know, 20 minutes in, an hour in, whatever. Do you drop the remote? I don't. Six out of 10. Ooh. Six out of 10. I feel like we're almost simpatico here. I had a five. You had a six. I'm going to go with a seven and a half only because okay. no one's asking for these movies to like be updated or evolved with, with the times. Like you, it's still, it's still a well-made movie. From it is. So it, no, I, it, I feel it, like you guys are judging it based on like what is coming out now. And that's not really fair. It's which it, your rating. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lauren, do you have a, do you have like a 1955 Chevy Bel Air car? No, you have a car that has GPS in it and probably automated re- reverse camera. You know why? Cause it got better. Look, I'm not saying at the time it's great, but some like some Bond films are still great and they are 60 years old now. I oh, love okay. Thunder, That's Thunderball, fair. Goldfinger. I am all You're in on those. You're saying those aged okay. better. But yeah, better, yeah. Then this one, fine. Okay. Yeah. Jaws. Right. I mean, Jaws is going to be fifty years old in a couple of years, and it's still flawless. That's terrifying, Jaws. isn't it? Oh my god! Almost fifty. But, but this, I'm old. You yeah. Jaws is terrifying. Still. No, that's- no. I'm saying I can't believe it's going to be fifty years old. Oh, that's oh, terrifying. I, that's I yeah. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I think I stick with seven and a half. I do. That's fine. I'm not looking yeah. to change your score, but I just. Yeah. It was great at the time. It just, it just for me, it's just like ah, yeah, little. Gotcha. I think you know what I think you nailed I think you nailed a really important point which is it's that last 15 20 25 minutes of that movie that you get to the end and you've had to make your way through that and that's probably for me why I always have that same feeling when when it's over and I'm thinking like I just wasted my fucking time because that last bit is just a, is just a grind Slog. to get through mm. and but yet, you know, I'm different. If I if I see it like I said, I I still watch it. I don't know what the hell's going on, but you know, that's cool. I'm, Bipolar. Speaking of bipolar, let's see what those douche nozzles who wear those elbow patches on their jackets and think that they're funny with using puns in their reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. The plotting is tightly wound and the thrills are executed with devilish panache. Ooh. <laughs> Lauren, I think you make a hell of a cuisine of potato salad with devilish panache. Has anyone ever said that to you? <laughs> Never. North by North, North by Northwest distills Alfred Hitchcock's obsessions, techniques, and themes into a singular, deliriously entertaining form. Mm. No. Mm. These are the just to be clear. These are original reviews that came out in '59. No, these are reviews from Rotten Tomatoes that I pulled up that are very recent. Recent. Oh, they are recent. Okay. These are all recent reviews. This is a yeah, I know. You, I, I I go right for the yeah. top. This is a classic th- thriller, slick as ice, and about as exciting as you can stand. <laughs> well, right, but yeah. North by Northwest is one of the is the reliable one of mistaken identity and spies with the glossy touches of Hitchcock. A crop dusting pl- a crop dusting plane spraying bullets over a farm road and a chase on the stone faces of Mount Rushmore. Okay. That's, not a, that's a that's a summary of activity. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> Critics, one star reviews. There are scenes so improbable and goonish, without any goonish intent, that the laughter is the only appropriate action. <laughs> Hitchcock apparently hopes that his fans will laugh off the glaring the glaring lack of dramatic nourishment. Dramatic nourish. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. In this concoction. I know. I- Oh, these blowhard assholes. I know. 
in this concoction on viewing the hilarious and impossible situations in which he throws the long-suffering Grant. Word soup. (laughs) A hopelessly attenuated round of mistaken identity, cloak and dagger doings, sympathetic but helpless friendly agents, a double-dealing woman, and so forth. Sympathetic but helpless friendly agents. Hmm. Interesting. What I mean, really? We're, oh, God. Someone has to use Rojet's thesaurus and prove <laughs> to their grandmother that that was a wise investment for that person's 11th birthday. Bef- ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a little bit of that. <laughs> Amazon five star reviews. Before they tore down the old cafeteria at Rushmore around 2000, I had breakfast there. The place was empty in early April, and the young waitress suggested I might like to sit near the windows with a clear view of the deadheads. I said no, I went to the table by the pillar where Cary Grant was shot. She replied, you can sit there, but I don't, I don't think anyone was ever shot there. She, she walked away and then stopped and asked, Cary who? I can believe that. Oh. I believe that. Yeah, I'll believe that every day. Yeah. Right. She should have questioned that when the when the when the gal had a pierced septum and said, "Carry yeah. who?" Yeah, no, I yeah. <laughs> this is a classic, unlike that garbage that passes for today's movies. If you haven't seen it, consider renting it. Cary Grant is perfect. Signed, Judd Apatow. Oh, okay, that's that's. A- <laughs> With his incredible acting style and screen persona, it's not surprising that the first pick of producers, Broccoli and Saltzman, to play Bond was Cary Grant. Did you know that? Cary Grant, the first choice for Bond, Sean Connery, way down the list. And true to the cachet that distinguishes the best of the Bond genre, North by Northwest moves right along. No flat spots. The writing is awesome. Don't blink. You might miss a clue. This rates as one of my favorite Bond movies of all time. It's not, not a Bond, Bond movie. Jinx, we well, said together. Yeah. It's like, and you're not going to yeah. miss a fucking clue. There's no way to miss the fucking clues in this movie. What are they yeah. talking about? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it is as subtle as a hammer of the head and a kick to the nuts that she's a double agent, folks. <laughs> My f- most favorite movie, Amazon Prime Rental. Can watch over two days. Could watch over and over. Cary Grant is wonderful. Update, I had to buy this movie. I love to watch it. So far, DVD holding out. Whew, we can all this rest easy is, now. This kid is scaring me. Please, this kid is creepy. Ugh. Amazon one-star reviews. Is this movie exciting? Yes. But if you, like my wife and I, like to watch old Hitchcock movies because they are usually clean and wholesome, this film will very much disappoint you because of one scene. One scene? Following such strange script lines, you'll want to cringe, which no woman in her right mind would utter. The primary female character brazenly states lustful intentions for a total stranger whom she obviously known knows is wanted by the police. Next, the two hop in bed together. Though nothing is graphically shown, it is quite obvious what's happened. She does it to seduce him as a spy and neatly to arrange his death. And he willingly escapes... He will, sorry, he will, willingly accepts like a dumb animal being led to the slaughter. <laughs> He narrowly escapes death as a result, bringing to my mind the words of a wise old King Solomon. Signed, Christy Canyons. That's a hell of a quote from her. Thanks, Christy. Their version is narrated probably for the blind. Problem is that you, when you rent or buy, you're not told that it's for the sighted, so it's very annoying. Very disappointed because <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies and I delete it. 
This plot is imbecilic. Cary Grant, Grant gives the only performance he seems capable of giving. Worst of all, the suspense was non-existent because the danger was unconvincing. We all love Hitchcock, but had this movie been made by an unknown, it would not have its current rating. I love the time-accurate misogyny, though. That's where it earned the only star I'm giving it. Wow. <laughs> time-honored misogyny. That's amazing. That's amazing. I always do laugh at Goldfinger, where Bond is with that blonde in the very like the first five minutes. He and uh, he uh, he is approached by Felix Leiter, his American CIA agent, and he does uh, he tells the girl and then slaps her on the ass. Run along, honey. Man, talk. Wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That that one you're like, holy shit. That's that's guys. That still happens too. Just go to the Friars Club. (laughs) Oh really? Was Milton Berle doing was Milton Berle doing that to you when you were, when he was alive, Lauren? You know, I wasn't a member when Milton Berle was alive, Kevin. Uh, but thanks so much, uh, bud. Thanks so much. I'm not even forty, so. Uh, you know, I mean, you know what Milton Berle was known for, right? His huge hog. Yeah. Is yeah. that a thing? I didn't know that. He was, oh, yeah. he was strong in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. listen. Yeah. Yeah. Then girls don't don't like ten inches. Don't don't get it mixed up. So. They love twelve. Ha! Huh? Uh, just saying that's what he was known for. No, yeah. no, I, and I'm yeah. just letting you know in case you feel slighted. Don't worry. Oh, I no. don't. I'm just no. I don't think any dude on this podcast feels slighted. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lauren Conlon, and you and your ten inch cock addiction. Can yes. you tell me? Can you tell me if Mike Baker got the sacred cow? No, uh, he didn't. Oh. He likes the movie. Are you kidding me? He uh, he did the opposite. Um, but you're you're very. I love how detailed you are, and I love how you look at it from a lens of your profession. But you also are able to enjoy it, sort of. So I sure. like that. So did you gut the cow? No, you did not gut the cow. But you are a very very nice human, and and I liked everything you had to say. You got a sweet spirit, Mike, and we really. We really enjoy your company. Um, thank but, you. but no, no, but no, you didn't because you said it yourself. You kind of yeah, like the movie. Well, I know. So. I know this could probably be the, the strangest episode of the show. No, no, but, no, but actually like not. Said, it's overrated. It's overrated. And you noted this is an overrated movie. So you kind of did your job. Yeah. Mike, actually, I'll disagree with you. The mo- the strangest thing that happened in this podcast is we had someone watch the wrong movie. They wanted to watch they oh. go check out for everyone who's who watches this podcast knows exactly what I'm talking about. Shelly Martinez, a near and dear sweet gal, said, I'm going to do Dumb and Dumber. I go, by all means, good fucking luck. She watched Dumb and Dumber 2. Because uh, <laughs> oh, she starts talking about his daughter in the first five minutes ago. No, Shelly. He's sticking his head out of a limo saying, good day, mate. Let's throw another shrimp on the Barbie. Because yeah. no, it's his daughter. And Kevin Israel and I go, no, 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 you watched the wrong film. And Aww. she, to her credit, was the best, best, you know, uh, uh, sport about it. And she still this day makes fun of it. So Aww, that's, that's the weirdest so thing. Oh, she's that's a sweetheart. so funny. <laughs> Guys, girls, what a hell of an episode. Mike, I'm glad that Bill Schultz did uh, the introduction. Lauren Conlon, I always enjoy our time together. We are due Me for too. a power. Hey, Mike, are you on Instagram? I'll follow you. Um, I I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter. Okay, I'll follow you on Twitter. Oh, I'll get your handle. I'll follow you. Yeah, I'll yeah, stalk yeah. you and all of the cool things you do. Awesome. Uh, and then, uh, if, I, if I pick up any good gossip uh, from you know, because I hang around with a lot of posh, you know, swanky people, I'll let you know straight away. 
You better. I'm being I serious. Lauren, just call me later on. Let me know who that name in the Epstein file is, and I can promise Dude, you. Dude, I don't know it yet, but I'll let you know. I will let you know. You bet. You better believe it. I can't wait to the world to find out that it was Kevin James, Paul Blart Mall Cop himself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow, friends. We appreciate you and continue to love uh, talking with you on the Twitter, at GTSC Podcast, and Gutting the Sacred Cow Podcast on the TikTok, which is stealing my information right now, and Instagram. Love you all. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.